This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM Radio. Imagine it's midweek already. Should be a bank holiday every week, shouldn't it? Wouldn't we just love that, a four-day week? Welcome to the show. Great to have you with us again this afternoon. If you want to get in touch, don't forget the usual numbers, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Have you been thinking about those hairy moments in your life? You know, I have a thousand euro to give away on late lunch to one of you out there. We'll be talking about it again a little later on in the show. But let's begin today with a woman who, has uh, really got the travel bug in recent years. Not to say she never travelled, but by God, when you hear her story, she's certainly on the road now. Lynette McEnany, thank you so much for dropping in to us today. Thanks a million, Jerry, for asking me. Now, let's go back a bit. You have your marriage, you have yep. three uh, grown-up children and, a, you know, rearing three children, a house and doing all that comes with it and the money to make it work right across the board. <laughs> Travel wasn't a huge part of your life, was no, it, for a, a it long wasn't. time? It wasn't, it wasn't, you know. Because the children took up um, as much money as we had. Yes. So there's none left over for poor little me. <laughs> so listen, but listen, you get on with things, you rear your children, yeah. you have a happy home, a happy family, a happy life. And then you come across, did, did you come across Rory's Travel I Club? Did. How did it happen? I was sitting at home one day, absolutely bored out of my head. I said, I'll have a little look on Facebook. And lo and behold, Rory pops up with these uh, fantastic offers and I said I'm going to join that now I thought it was 10 euros a month which was still cheap but it was 10 euros for the year so joined up went on my first trip in May up to Guidor in Donegal got the travel bug I've never looked back when was that May of what year that was May not last year the year before so May 22 Mm mm-hmm yeah. And you've been, am I right, on 17 different trips since? 17, yeah. Yeah. I'm not finished yet, though. Oh, good. You're not finished for sure. I'll bring you with me the next time. <laughs> but I was going to ask you that. What about your husband? He won't go. He doesn't like travelling, doesn't like airports, doesn't like buses, doesn't like trains, doesn't like th- doesn't like travel. Content with his lot where he is, so he's happy to let you fire ahead. He brings me to the train or to the airport, <laughs> make, make sure I get on it, don't miss it. <laughs> I love it. So from the first time you went, what was it? What was it that first trip to Donegal that's, you know, really, you know, said to you, this is something for me? Right. I met three amazing ladies the first day. We didn't know each other. I got into the car with them. We drove up as far as Donegal and we laughed from we got in till we came home. Up to a beautiful hotel. We got a great deal. We sang until very, very early in the morning and we danced and we laughed and made fabulous friends. So that kind of got me thinking, hmm, if I can do this, you know, so why stop at one? Yes. And off you went from there. Off I went at one. So it's about going places and seeing places and new places and Mm. things like that. But it's obviously also about making new friendships and the camaraderie. This is a big part of this, I take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, no strangers, just friends we haven't met. Mm, Lovely, lovely words, I have to Mm. say. So you register with Rory for a tenor. What happens then? Well, you start getting emails every week, at least five every week with different offers, some in Ireland, some in Europe, some even further away than Europe. And then you just join up with the crowd. And then a couple of weeks before we go, he sets up a WhatsApp uh, page and you get to know, uh, we'll say, your fellow travellers. 
and have a bit of a laugh, have a bit of a joke and meet either in the hotel, the bus station or the airport. And from then on, it's away you go. Exactly. Crack a school. Have you met people, you know, uh, who've been on a number of trips with you that you now know and you've made friendships with? Or is it about meeting new people all the time or a mix of both? I, I'd say I've met about maybe 20, 25 people that I can say, OK, do you fancy going, you know, here, there and everybody? Yeah, OK, we're in. And there's about six or seven of us in one group and then there's another group. So I can jump in and out to all the groups. So I've, it's just the best thing I've ever done. Wow, that's uh, really great to hear. And are you in WhatsApp? Are you connected mm-hmm. on social oh, yeah, media we as well? Are, yeah, we are indeed. So you have yeah. friendships that way yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been to a number of places in Ireland. You mentioned Donegal there. What about abroad? Where have you been abroad? And where, you know, when you think about abroad, <laughs> you have a little... If I don't write it down, I'll forget. has our little if notes I, with if her. If I don't write. Never mind me. OK, go on. Um, I've been to Turkey, Croatia, Italy, Slovenia, Vienna, Kos, Budapest and Poland. <laughs> Since May of 22. Yes, and that's not even counting the ones in Ireland. That you've been to in Ireland. Of those uh, foreign destinations you've been to, if you were to pick one that you absolutely love and say, I'm going back there sometime, where would it be? I would go back to Slovenia, a place called Ljubljana. And we went to Lake Bled. Oh my God, it was just, it was just like a little bit of heaven and earth. You know, the top of the mountains were snow, the bottom of the mountains and the lakes. You're just sitting there having a coffee. And just, it was just, it was just, you know, what was it? It was breathtaking, mm. you know, and very, very spiritual. You know, you just feel, oh my God, this is what, you know, this is what it's all about. Mm. And, and your trips, are they, are they are they long weekends? Are they, they run into a week or more? What way does it work in, in terms of time? Whatever floats our boat. Okay, so there's no time restrictions no on, time you, on you guys at all? None whatsoever. Now, I'm going away in um, April. I'm going for a week to Tenerife, Los Cristianos, with two friends that I met through Rory's Travels. And we keep in contact. We meet every, maybe every week, every two weeks. Have a cup of tea, have a couple of jars, have something to eat, and then we gab and plan our next trip. <laughs> do you mind me asking you what age you are? I know it's very rude for a man to do that, but I'm I'm curious. Have know. a guess. Go on. Go no, on. no, I'm no, going to put not, you on the spot. No, no, Go no on. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm seventy. Are you? Yes, Fantastic. I'm seventy, going on fifty. Well, I can see that, and I understand that as really, and it 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 comes down to what's here, isn't it? That's absolute attitude. To it's life. just a number. Age it, is only a number. Yes. But here you are. The point I'm making is that, you know, you're in your late 60s yes. and away you go nearly yes. on a new lease yeah. of life. Lene. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Jerry. That's exact. That's word for word. This past two years, I've done more, you know, and you know, hopefully there's more to come. Oh, sure. There's lots more to come. God, you're only a young one for the oh, name of God. The name of God. <laughs> I, I, I have. I have to say to you that you know you're 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 someone that's inspirational when when we read your story and and all that's involved in it. So, friends, you talk about friends from all over Ireland, from beyond yeah. these shores. Yeah. Are, are yeah. there people outside of Ireland, or is it um, generally Irish, all Irish? Well, there was one man we met in Turkey. His name was Farrar, and of course. We christened him Ferrari because he was running around the place after us. He came in to work on his day off to bring us everywhere. Tours, trips, Turkish baths, you name it. Now, a couple of the girls have kept in contact with him. We're going to go back to him is um, over in, I think it was Gumbet. Yeah, Gumbet we were in. So we're going to go back over there again. And, it'll, yes. it'll, you know, hopefully the same crowd. Yeah. You know, so... Mm. Fantastic. Well, look at. Uh, I want you. Do you see those headphones that are there beside you? Just stick them on because you're going to hear this uh, man now because he's on the line and we're going to have a chat with him because the man himself, uh, Rory, is going to talk to us. Rory King. Good afternoon. Welcome to Late Lunch. Yeah. Good afternoon. How are things? Really, really good. We have one of your star pupils here with us, Miss Lynette McEnany. Do you want to say hello to her? Yes, Lynette. How are you? Hello, darling. How are you doing? I hope that- I hope you're being nice about it. I am, always. <laughs> <laughs> Rory. Um, I actually... Go on. Yeah, no, I've actually... I've just got off a flight from uh, Paris, so I'm just at Dublin Airport now, so I didn't even hear your conversation with Lynette. I, w- I wish I got to tune in 
Uh, will, I be able to, will I actually be able to play that back, will I? You will. You'll be able to hear the podcast after the show. Don't worry. So you know her well yourself and you can only imagine what it's been about. She's, as I said, one of your uh, star reps or pupils, as I called her a moment ago. Rory, tell us about this concept, Rory's Travel Club. How did it begin? Yeah, so to be honest, um, I spent 10 years travelling the world. Um, I lived in New York, I lived in Canada, New Zealand, Fiji, Denmark, Cyprus. And to be honest, I set up a Facebook page kind of showcasing my travels and giving people tips. And it actually started off initially I was showcasing how cheap it can be to fly from from Ireland. I was living in New York and I was fine. Like, I was constantly on the likes of Skyscanner, Google Flights, and I was seeing flights at maybe 15 euro, 20 euro. And I was I was basically sharing them on the Facebook page saying, Lad, it's not too expensive to go traveling in Europe. I was more so jealous than anything because I was living in New York and it cost a fortune to obviously fly outside of America. Um, and I, ha- I had this concept in my head probably since day one where basically, and one of the biggest things that we aim to achieve in 2024 is when, I, when Irish people book Irish accommodations on a third-party booking site, we all know who they are, we all use them, have used them, uh, they typically take 15% commission. So if you're, booking a, if you're booking a hotel in Ireland and you use a third-party and the hotel is €300 Euro for two nights, they're taking €45. Euro. And I personally don't think that's right. I think Irish people booking Irish hotels and giving €45 Euro to a company based outside of Ireland, I, I, don't, I don't agree with it. So basically... I kind of merged the, the cheap flights and obviously I tried to get I tried to get people discounts for our Facebook page and I basically that's what we're trying to do uh, and it's it's evolved massively obviously we're doing group trips we're doing mystery tours and we're doing an awful lot more now but the, the main thing when I set out was I believe that local Irish people should not be given 15% commission to a third party when booking Irish hotels and that's something that we massively will help people with will help um whether it's solo travellers, whether it's couples, whether it's families going away, that 15% is a massive saving. And if I can keep it in the Irish economy and the Irish person's pocket, then I think I'm doing something right. Well done to you. And it's only a tenner a year to register. Really, a tenner? Yeah, so t- ten, euro, 10 euro a year uh, to join the club. And there's there's numerous things, whether it's um, hotel stays in Ireland, sometimes we can have as much as 50% off. You can be saving 200 euro on a two-night stay. Uh, we had um, we had day trips actually going from either Dublin or us there with Stenaline, which was uh, eight euro to go across for the day. Which um, I know there was hundreds of families took advantage of, and especially the little ones enjoyed it. So for a family of five, it was no more than fifty euro to head away for the day on a big ship and um, stuff like that. There, people are making memories, which um, they and we're basically putting a lot of things in front of people that people would never have thought of themselves. Another example is um, we had hundreds of people go to Paris for the day. Um, I'm, I'm standing at Dublin Airport now. So what they did is they went to the Dublin Airport at 6 o'clock in the morning, got the first flight to Paris and the last flight home. And the flights were only 30, 40 euro return. And it gives people an opportunity to see Paris for less than 100 euro. Um, so stuff like that there. Uh, we're constantly trying to innovate, uh, make our service better and obviously save people as much money as possible. You better give out that website, Rory's Travel Club dot com, is it? Rory's Travel Club dot com, yeah. And we've we've basically we've now two subscriptions. So one is we just send we send a regular our regular members uh, between fifteen and twenty offers every week by email. So it costs less than twenty cents a week to be a member. You get fifteen to twenty offers, and if you book one of them, you're going to save multiple times the ten euro. And then the other one, uh, which Lynette I assume has spoke about, is. The group trips, uh, which is also €10 Euro to sign up, and we'll do over 100 group trips in 2024. Um, yesterday, for example, we had a we had a cruise, seven-night Norwegian Fjords cruise, uh, all in. It was €1,000, Euro, flights, uh, seven nights on board, all your food. And I'd say we'd probably have about 70 or 80 people from every corner of Ireland on that ship together, enjoying it, having the crack, and obviously making memories, hopefully, for that'll last a lifetime. Do you realise as well, uh, speaking to Lynette here today, I just get it as well, what you do for people like Lynette, who wouldn't have travelled extensively for years and years and now has done 17 trips since 2022, garnered all these new friends. You know, what I get from this as well, Rory, is the social interaction, the friendship, the camaraderie. There's much more to this. It's deeper. 
it's it's incredible. So um, I actually I was interviewed uh, by the Irish Examiner about six weeks ago, and Ireland is actually in a there was a poll uh, conducted in Ireland uh, fell bottom of the poll as the loneliest country in Europe, which is not yes. a statistic that you would you would believe. Um, but basically, um, so the Irish Examiner obviously interviewed me on on the back of that, and obviously what we're doing for people. And there's there's hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have been on trips to us. They've met friends. They've been able to let the hair down. They've, they've been able to be themselves. And obviously, every every individual has their own circumstances. We all go through good times and bad. Uh, but this is an opportunity for people. Um, I'd say 50% of people come on the trips as a solo traveller. And within the space of two, three minutes, you're meeting people from different parts of Ireland. No one has an agenda. People just are there to have fun, make friends, and make memories. And um, yeah, I, I'm well aware of the some of the people and I've got some incredible messages from people from every every corner of Ireland over the last 12 months yes terrific what do you want to say to him Lynette while we're on the airwaves here today <laughs> I'm looking forward to the travel show above in the RDS yeah, yeah I, I, I <laughs> went up I last year yeah I was just on to them this morning actually so yeah basically there's a there's a big show in the RDS and there's one in Belfast there's one in Belfast one in Dublin and one in Limerick and if anyone listening is interested, obviously, in holidays in 2024, we will actually have a stand there, but so will all the different tourism boards, a lot of hotels in Ireland. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great way to kind of um, kind of see um, different ideas and um, there's a lot of discounts for people on the day as well. So it's worth, worth looking into if you Google holiday show, Belfast or Dublin, I'm sure it'll come up. Terrific. So remind us again, Lynette McEnany, next trip, where? My next trip is to Tenerife. And it's happening soon. Yeah, it's Lovely. happening on the 9th of April. And looking forward to it immensely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, this woman's life has been changed completely and we uh, love her story. And well done to you on that, Rory. And there are many, many more like her. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'll let you uh, continue your journey home there. Best of luck to you with everything, Rory. All the best. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Yes, well, there you have it. Uh, Your man and uh, what he's done for so many people. Listen, thanks for dropping into us today. Young at heart, this woman. Young at heart. Thank you very much. Enjoy all your journeys. I'll have to listen back to this now. You will. You can this evening. The podcast available shortly after the show. Oh, I know. I wouldn't miss it. (laughs) Thanks a million. See you, Lynette. Okie doke, God bless you. Bye-bye. Louise, toll tribulations. I never have it straightforward, do I, at the toll bridge? Generally, I have a story or two to tell. On New Year's I Day... we should do the back roads <laughs> from now on. Well, listen, on New Year's Day, I paid the increase in the toll going up and coming back from that lovely concert in the National Concert Hall. But coming back and the toll here at Gormanston, I went in behind the car, car was stopped. It was bucketing rain. Fella got out. He was fiddling round with the with the with the uh, payment and it was one of these where there was not man and you could throw cash in or tap your card or whatever anyway he comes back walking towards the car and I said oh no uh, and he flashed a, a, a pound coin at me a UK pound coin right and I said I, I have no I have no and I had I no money I have no money in the car I had a couple of euro but anyway I suspected <laughs> I suspected anyway I said you can pay by card anyway he went back he was fiddling and rooting again and thing the fellow behind me reversed out. I reversed out because there was no sign of him. There was no help. There was no one coming near him. And I went into the one beside and I just looked. He took a wallet out of his pocket. He took out a card. He tapped <gasps> it. Got back into the car and drove on. So he was trying to get somebody to pay for him? He was trying to get me to pay for his toll. Oh. See, oh, what a rock. See, a little bit of intuition mm-hmm. in this little head of mine when I saw him just said something to me. No. That's awful, isn't it? Now, I had the coins in the car. I said I hadn't because I suddenly knew. Mm. I saw him take out the car, tap on the thing and wait, went through. He was rooting round. Now, he must have had only sterling coins from he's probably heading north or whatever. He didn't have a northern uh, plate on the car. But anyway, I'd take it he was heading there. But he tapped then and got through the toll. But you should know he's in a different country. You know, he needs <laughs> exactly. Euro. Exactly. Exactly. If you vote for Brexit, you got to live by the rules when you vote by Brexit. For Brexit. Anyway, we have to, they have to too. Um, anyway. That's why I never go through at all. <laughs> well, I, Ever. I use them quite frequently, but they drive me mad at times. No, when they drop coins, oh, don't get me started. And then they debate with the, a toll is supposed to get you through quickly, but not our tolls. They can be delayed. But anyway, that smart ass <laughs> had to tap his card and get through. That's my toll woe today on Late Lunch. My next guest is a familiar voice on Late Lunch. And I'm sad to be talking to her today. 
in the context we will be. She is the founder of the Meath Food Bank. She uh, set it up 11 years ago in Trim. It moved to Navin subsequently. And we've spoken to her on numerous occasions over the years about the trials and tribulations of keeping the show on the road. But sadly, over the festive season, news emerged that the food bank would be no more. Ashling Lowe, welcome back to Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Happy New Year to you and thank you for joining us again on the show. And thank you for 11 years of commitment to people who needed help so badly. I want to congratulate you on that, even though I'm really sad today to be talking to you, as I said, in the context of it closing. Ashling, wh- why have you closed? Well, there's a laundry list of reasons, Jerry. Um Number one, like we have a big ATM meeting and um, I kind of knew in July that things were not going well, as well as they should be. And I was finding like the running and the operation of Meat Food Bank, you know, just not sustainable. And everything had kind of put stress on groups such as the costs of food going up. Um, the electricity costs, um, keep trying to keep every, all the costs down was an impossibility. And then also the volunteers not being able to do many deliveries because of the petrol costs. So the first thing was costs. Um, and we did try to um, gain government funding, but unfortunately we've been unsuccessful two or three times. Anytime we've emailed or engaged, we've been unsuccessful um, in that respect. Uh, That was one factor, which was a big factor, you know. And I understand, we, you know, we have to rely on public donation. That's the way any charity, kind of, if they're funding themselves, have to operate. We have to operate by the general public and whatever they donate so that we can help families that we've helped and I have to say Mead, County Mead as a whole and some organisations in Dublin have been absolutely fantastic in supporting us over the years and the general public and the local businesses in County Mead have been unbelievable but there just wasn't enough and I can totally understand people are really looking after their pennies, do you know, now, especially with the cost of living. Yes, and, and you know what you outlined there is a perfect storm of events from a number of angles that uh, really forced your hand. The other thing is, you've been talking about this, you mentioned that the final straw uh, was a litany of abuse from a tiny minority. Who are you talking about there? Are you talking about people who were recipients of, of your charity? Uh, both uh, people who were in receipt of help from the organisation. And then, of course, as you know, and you know this yourself, the judge and jury of social media. Okay. Okay. So from two angles. From two angles there. Um, It's it's awful to think that, uh, you know, the, the bar stool politicians on social media would have that effect. Do you know what I'm saying, Ashling? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. But at the end of the day, I have to, number one, I have an onus of uh, responsibility to the ladies and the younger volunteers who operate and have volunteered to do deliveries and help out with the food bank. I have an onus to look after them, care for their mental health, and make sure that all of these things are, that they're okay. And a lot of them weren't okay with with what took place on Facebook, on different forums. And like that, it's always the same, same people who have never actually stood up to the plate and said, look, I'd like to know more about your organisation. Can I volunteer? The answer will be absolutely yes, you can. And you can see the way we operate. 
but no, people just want to have their own ideals, their own opinions, and take it to a forum, and they've never set foot inside the door of the food bank or donated anything. You know, so like that, what I suggest people do to prevent this from happening to any other group, because it really, really deters you from from continuing, you feel like you're not appreciated. There's no encouragement. And uh, on the top where in all of this, Jerry, is like, I mean, I was paying 10 euros every day going in and out to Navin on the bus to the food bank. I didn't gain anything from the food bank, only... I've met so many lovely people, such as yourself and and Lou, and the whole lot. But I have I've had nothing to gain. I've had no wage for doing it. I've done it solely voluntary, and from goodness of my heart and my time and all that type of thing, the stress of it and the pressure, and then abuse online, and I just it got to the point it was too much. My mental health was starting to take toll. So so did everybody else. Everybody else felt the strain, including my mother, who's one of my best volunteers in the food bank. So what you were saying to me really was that people were questioning your bona fides, which are absolutely 100% genuine, because you never got a cent out of this, only gave and it no. only cost you money. And that really was the straw yeah. that broke the camel's back. On the other that and yeah. that and the lack of funding yes, and I yes. said if people could just look and see how we're trying to operate, yeah. they would not have the right to turn around and be a judge and jury on Facebook. It's absolutely disgraceful, Gary Ann. And um not only that, all these discussion boards and things, why did they allow Charities like mine to be obliterated and dragged through through face a face to judge and jury people who have never stood in the food bank in Navin. Mm. But the fine line was crossed when when someone when someone visited my home to advocate for someone else, and it was not a nice encounter. Mm. So look at you had um, to you that, had to dis- you had to make a call on this and say I'm doing no good from this at this stage I've given it eleven years I've given it all I can the this questioning has just uh, gone too far at this stage and time for me to bail out as such and wind the the whole operation up the other thing I, I see you've been talking about is that some people who were in receipt you you felt some of them were greedy and is it true that some people. You know, when you you donate, if there was a known brand from a supermarket, they actually didn't want it, even though they were in need. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We had my mother used to say, Ashley, Ashley, my mother. People refuse nappies that the volunteers delivered to the doors because they weren't huggies or pampers. Oh my, my, oh my, 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 oh my, I know a saying my mother used to say, I'm not even going to say it here on the air, but it's a true saying, it would sum up what you're saying there. You know, when you're in need, you can't be a chooser, you know, like, and that's, that's, that's really the bottom line here. It's, it's shocking to hear that as well on the other side of things. So the combination of the whole lot has forced your hand and it is no more. Do you know what I think about here? Like all you've given and all the time and everything, and and of course there are the genuine people. You know this, and this, oh, I want to make this very clear. There is so yeah. many genuine, yeah. genuine yeah. individuals out there. Now I'll, I I will be staying in contact with with the people who I know are in terrible dire needs. I have given them information already for other organisations in County Mead. But, Jerry, my message today is for all these people on social media who target volunteers mainly, who target volunteers, and I want them to just think about what they're doing to the people behind that who who don't get paid, who don't ask for payment, who just want to volunteer. And maybe, you know, to respect the organisations that are 
that are there. Like, I'm not the only organisation. There's a food bank in Trim. There's Alan Laws that does his food food hampers at Christmas time. Yeah. And there's loads of other organisations that does the same, similar work. But I'm asking the people on Facebook to encourage volunteers that are doing voluntary work. And with encouragement, a little bit of respect, and a little bit of love for the work that's being done and for the people who are in genuine need of the organisations like mine, just have some respect. And if you're not well-versed and you're not educated in how any organisation operates, well then take, you know, an hour out of your busy schedule and come volunteer and see what way the groups are operated because I can tell you that the majority of of groups in County Mead operate in a shoestring. Yeah. And and we know that. And without the likes of yourself and all the volunteers and all those who donate as well, because that's, as you say, is the key to it, donations, because you're not supported in any way officially, there would be nothing. And people in genuine need, who some who are embarrassed to even look uh, for assistance, yeah. uh, would be left yeah. to their own devices. Anna's just been on to say, Jerry, will you please say to Ashling that we admire her and love her and will miss her for all the great work she's done for all of those people all over those years. That comes in from Anne and Kells to you today and to your volunteers. Well, that's lovely. Thanks very much, Anne. And we have had beautiful, lovely messages and, you know, lovely Christmas cards and, and things this year. Not now as big as the collection of Christmas cards you got, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're watching me. You're keeping a good eye on me, and I better watch them. I better oh, I watch. Keep, I always keep an eye on you, Jerry. <laughs> uh, but still, you know, you know the the well of love and uh, good wishes and feelings for you, and that you will be missed. You will be missed by so so many people, Ashley. Ah, uh, well, that's. That's nice to hear, you know, and I do know that. I know, you know, I know the service users that really appreciate their service. And I know as well that they're going to be okay. You know, they will be looked after because there's so many fantastic services in County Mead. We're very lucky to have them. And I just hope that people um, who take their grievances for to uh, Facebook about any of these services, that they realise that the impact it can have on the volunteers and the organisation. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the message we're going to leave our listeners with today: to think before you comment, before you say, if you don't really understand. Ashling, I'm sure it's not the last we're going to hear from you because you're a dynamo of a woman. And again, on behalf of everybody, I'm, I'm taking liberty here, but I will, who you've helped over those 11 years and all your volunteers. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I say... Thank you, thank you so much and uh, enjoy the peace, hopefully, and quiet that you have at the moment from a very hectic schedule that you've had for an awful long time. Thank you for joining me on the show and Happy New Year again to you. Happy New Year to you, Terry, and to all the listeners and to all of our service users that have used their service for the past 11 years. Take care, Ashling. Take care, Jerry. Talk soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Ashling Lowe there from the Mead Food Bank. That is no more. 086-1800-658 is our WhatsApp or text number if you want to have a say on late lunch this afternoon. 086-1800-658 gets in touch with us. January, don't be shy. Tell your story to me. A hairy moment for you There's a grand if you do 
Yes, January it is on Late Lunch. We're looking for you to tell us about those hairy moments in your life. And if you tell me your hairy moment story, you could win a thousand euro. Yes, I have a thousand euro to give away to one of you before the end of the month on Late Lunch. We've assembled a panel of experts to judge the stories as they come in. All you got to do is tell us your story live here on LMFM's Late Lunch and you're in with a chance of winning that grand and today, joining me on the line to tell us her story is Geraldine Maguire. Afternoon, Geraldine. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining happy me New on the Year show. To you. Many happy returns to you too. It's great to have you with us. Well, away you go. Tell us your story. Well, I was originally from the country. I live in Drogheda now. Yeah. Uh, from Bellistan, near the racecourse, and um, my. Parents died very young, and there was three of us, a boy and two girls. Uh, my brother went away to work in England, and my sister was going on to be a nurse. And I was the last one in the house, so when my mum and dad died, so I didn't really want to leave. But um, anyway, my friend up the road, we, we piled together all the time. And um, there was this evening, I decided I wasn't staying at home the house. Uh, and she said, come up to my house and stay in my house. Okay. But she said, don't make a sound. She said, don't let... She she had... Um, she was a foster, and her mother was very old. And um, she said, don't make a sound. Don't get on your in the bed, like... <laughs> so she said, or I'll be killed. But anyway, uh, she... We went to bed and whatnot. We went to bed for a while. And the next thing, the latch opened... And there was just a, a dim light coming from the fire in the kitchen. And this figure was at the door in a black, well, she must have worn black uh, to bed or something, and a white barrette. And, of course, when I, I saw this, you see, and I heard the latch, and I jumped up in the bed. And I, she frightened the life out of me, like. And um, we, were, we were caught. We were going to be killed. I wasn't supposed to be there. And... Um, it, it was a frightening experience for me now, you know. Yeah. But um, Teresa was used to, to what she wore going to, to her bed and whatever. But it was it was frightening, I have to say. And did you pretend uh, to be something else? Is that the, the, the other aspect of the story? No, I, I wasn't there as far as she was concerned. Oh, yes. But she, she just went up into the room, into the daughter's room. And I... I jumped on the, up in the bed, you see. When I saw her, I, I was still awake. And I saw her in the doorway. And I jumped up in the bed to frighten the lights out of me with this black gown and, and a white beret on her. Like, I was only very young at the time. Yes, I was 13. Yes. And you still remember and, um, it to this day, as if it happened. I'll never forget it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'll never forget it, to be honest. So you weren't supposed to be there. You were in the bed with your friend and the mother arrived in and all hell broke loose at that stage. Did she turf you out? Oh, no, she didn't. She, she left you. She stayed until the morning. Ah. And then I went down to an aunt's house. Right. You know, I didn't want to leave the house where I lived, like, you know. Yes. I wanted to stay there. But yes. Obviously, I couldn't stay on my own. Like, it was yeah, yeah, scary, yeah. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. A hairy, scary but, moment uh, for sure. Anyway, and it's still with you all these years later. And and is your friend still still about? Yeah, do you ever? Uh, my friend, my friend died. Ah, with cancer. Ah, sorry, hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she did. That's over. It's over sixty years. Yeah, ago a long time ago. But it's it's still with you. There you but, go. Um, fresh in the mind. Anyway, fresh in the mind. Frightened the life out of in bed with our friend, sound asleep when the mother arrived on the scene. Listen, thank you for telling us your your story this afternoon. I wish you a happy new year and keep on listening. I know you had the radio flying there in the background when we rang you. Yes, <laughs> and the same to you. Same to you. Take care of yourself. Bye, bye, Geraldine. Geraldine McGuire there. We want your hairy stories. Have you a hairy story? Something happened in your life? Let us know. All you have to do, if you want us to get in touch with you, is uh, WhatsApp or text us hairy to 086-1800-658. You can leave a WhatsApp voice message if you want as well. And we'll get in touch with you and we'll give you a shout. I have a thousand euro to give away. I want to give somebody a thousand euro listening to Late Lunch in January. So come on, let's be hearing your hairy stories and that grand could be yours. 
My next guest is a Reiki master practitioner, bioenergy, sound healing and massage therapist based in County Mead and our business is known as New Earth Energy Healing. I'm delighted to say hello to Sharon Murphy on Late Lunch today. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Terry. Happy New Year to you. Many, for hap- me on. many happy returns <laughs> and delighted to have you with us at the start of a new year. Can I start by talking about yourself for a moment? Because I, I just see your background is in the creative arts, visual and music as well. How or why did you come to this area? Yeah, it's a funny kind of emergence and, and kind of um, I was on a... Yeah, I, I basically was a, a trained artist, went NCAD and everything in Dublin and was practising as a painter. Um, I then got kind of spread into mu- into music and released an EP and everything and was quite serious about that. So I think I've always had um, a creative, the creative gene and wanted to express myself and everything. And strangely enough, I arrived at Reiki, that was the first stop, um, not wanting to change career or anything, it was for my own anxiety. So it was basically looking to kind of help myself just to calm my nervous system a little bit and deal with, deal with certain things. We all have kind of different levels of anxiety. Yes. Um, so I went for a session and I loved it and decided just to do kind of the first level, which is Reiki Level 1 training. And it got me hooked. I didn't know I was going to progress in it but um, I think it was the creative aspects that you can bring into it as well really attracted me and how it, it's the healing arts, basically. Um, and I got sucked along <laughs> very, very slowly yet quickly at the same time. Um, and I was doing kind of part-time work, kind of support what I was doing in the arts at the time. And slowly things just, I kind of crossed over Um it kind of, not that it took the place, but it was starting to kind of feed what I needed to do, whatever that was. Um, so, yeah, I moved into Reiki and then bioenergy and sound, doing a little bit of a full circle with the sound because there's mm. music elements in it. I use my voice a little bit as well. So um, I felt like I was kind of coming home when I, when yes. I found doing now. and. It kind of grew arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it was a, a journey you were destined to make. To be honest with you, when you read your story, yeah. uh, the yeah. way you know you've come to where you, you are today, you know, I think about the world today and the lives we lead. And I was talking to somebody over the break at Christmas and that as well, and they were saying to me that there's something in the world that the whoever it is or whatever it is, it's meant to make people anxious that this whoever it is or whatever it is want people to live on this anxious spectrum do you know what I'm talking about yeah it's unfortunately it it can be the way society you know orchestrates yes people yes yes with the pressures and it's a weird one because I myself was on that journey trying to not jump out of it but try to find a bit more balance and for me, it has it has fed that and kind of creating you know a, a lifestyle as well of of how I live and how I practice. I very much like Reiki has the understanding of you kind of live Reiki as well and try to bring that into who you are. Or it's, it's a bit empty otherwise. Because I've been trying to share it with people as well. Yes. Um, it's a weird one. So I have so many people, and what I say is ninety five or ninety five percent, even more of people come to me with anxiety. Um, and even beyond that, it's on lower to higher levels. Some people don't even recognise it. Some people have can be having full panic attacks, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's, it is scary. Like, a, it's an undercurrent, unfortunately. And yep. linked with stress. And it's things that, it's something that's in, unfortunately, most people's lives. Um, mm-hmm. It can be hard to help yourself because we're kind of battling with the the structure we're given, in a sense. Yes. Um, so if there's a way to kind of give a helping hand and a little bit of support, um, that's kind of 
where I come from. Yes, I see that. I see that. Yeah, and what you do as well. And and I I can only imagine that that is the case because the stress in modern life is phenomenal for some people and it just becomes very difficult to cope with. How does, you know, grounding in the earth, you know, even the name of your business, New Earth Energy Healing, how does that, you know, tap into us as human beings or vice versa, us into it to help? What can happen is, so with with a session, um, I, I kind of talk about Reiki and bioenergy and sound to a certain degree in kind of the same bracket, because they're, they're all kind of doing the same thing, just a slightly different approach. But the Reiki and the bioenergy are very, very similar anyway. Um, with the grounding, um, which you mentioned, which is rightfully, that's, that's what it's kind of doing. It's Sometimes it's getting you back into the body feeling a bit, little bit more comfortable so um, a lot of my treatments are done kind of lying down so you have a nice blanket on you you can fall asleep um, it's what it's doing it's tapping into the nervous system it's quietening thoughts that's what Reiki bioenergy is predominantly doing it, it kind of quietens it's like a shh just to just take hold and kind of soothe the nervous system a little bit and it's making you feel a little bit safer um, people can feel heavier after having a session where they're literally falling into the bed, um, just giving over a little bit. And it's really to kind of quieten things and have a little bit more balance return. And funnily enough, it's not the normal answer people would look for, but energy healing can actually bring about clarity. So think of a haze and sometimes I work across the eyes as well. Everything's quite literal in relation to the body. Um, sometimes it can clear a little bit of the noise of it can be outward things that are kind of pressurizing us or what we're thinking, which can kind of distract us sometimes, to clear a little bit of a path um, because the nervous system is calmed and the panic of whatever someone might be going through is a little bit kind of stalled. Um, sometimes they can see a little bit more clearly what is going on, what the facts are, rather than the the worries or the you know worrying about the future, which a lot of anxiety is. And it can help them take the next step. Sometimes um, it could be tweaking things, um, looking at stress levels, what what's causing this and that. Um, but it can be interesting to do with clarity. That's that's an answer anyway um, mm. to do with the grounding. Um, so it's to kind of help equip people sometimes after a session or a few sessions. Yes. And, and you know, that you're multi-qualified as well. You know, do, yeah. do, do people come and ask you for one of the therapies you provide or do you guide them? If I came to you, I wouldn't have a clue what I'd need from what I you know, can do. Know. You know what I mean? I'm getting. Yeah. yeah. So, some people um, would come in and say, oh, what, whatever you think will work. Other people, they have experienced, you know, sound before. So they really like that. And some people are quite... Um, you know, with, with their hearing is very, they kind of feel that, that comes through sound, let's say. Um, predominantly, people kind of let me, in a funny way, direct it with them. I kind of ask them, you know, what, what are they working through at the time? It could be, you know, physical condition, it could be stress, it could be grief, it could be loss, um, change of, you know, it could be retirement and they're trying to find what sparks them again or little journeys and a lot of the time I sometimes well a lot of the time I offer the blended session which is the bike the Reiki and the bioenergy which is a lovely blend and um, the mixture of contact and non-contact with the body and it's very very soothing and people generally come back and ask for that but some people will know they want bioenergy done in a particular way the traditional way which is standing up so they're very happy to, to ask for that and we work you know, with that type of treatment. So it totally depends on the person. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's all, all sorts of approaches, really. And in terms of what you, you know, we mentioned anxiety as being uh, one of the major uh, reasons why people come to you. But besides that, you do cover, I just see a range of migraine, asthma, skin mm. conditions, arthritis, chronic pain and things like that as well. What about sleep? I have people onto me all the time who can't sleep. Can you help there? Sleep is a huge thing. Um one overlap is sound baths that I run and of course you don't have to come to me there are sound baths all over the country and that can funnily enough I hear from people that after they go to a sound bath they sleep like babies sometimes
sometimes for a few days. So there's something about um, sometimes the sound with the nervous system and the fact that they've kind of given over for that hour, let's say. Um, and then with the one-to-ones, of course, rather than going directly in, trying to work on sleep, again, it's the nervous system. It's trying to bring people back into the moment a little bit more. So that overthinking, which can contribute to sleep, but there can be, of course, hormonal changes, things that are going on, which we don't have as much control over. It can, again, work in and calm a little bit with that. So some people do specifically come to me for sleep, where it's not the only thing that works, but it does support them, and they might regularly come to me, and it kind of Mm. gives them that bit of, number one, time for themselves, but it calms them down enough to be able to let go a little bit. Yes. And and if you're on conventional medicine or treatment, that doesn't preclude you. This is complementary to conventional. Complementary, and I'm very strong about that word. Um, There are kind of, you know, the wording of alternative therapy, which is not my approach. Complementary very much, Jerry. So working hand in hand with GPs, um, I always kind of have a check to see what's going on with the client, you know, whatever they're comfortable with sharing with. And sometimes I will actually tell them to, a lot of the time, if they're not, if they're coming to me with a symptom or something straight off, I would suggest that they actually have that checked out just to be on the safe side because you can't deny that things are physically going on in the body, even though, let's say, an emotional um, background can be causing it. So it's very much to kind of check in and keep on that. Also, I have people who come to me, for example, with taking medication on because of anxiety and very much keep up the medication, keep talking with your doctors, keep up to the regular things. But what can be interesting is I do like them to share maybe if they are coming for sessions, they can give feedback to the doctor, to the counsellor at a certain point or, you know, a psychiatrist, how they're getting on. And sometimes it can be to do with medication. Sometimes it can actually be lowered as a knock-on effect, which is amazing, Um, whether it's for, you know, emotional things or a physical condition in tune with the Reiki or the bioenergy that they're receiving. But very much... um, I would never, ever suggest anyone comes off medication. It's very much keep it. It's actually, it's helping you. It's giving you that support that you need. But can we come in with another support that might end up holding the hand as well and in time perhaps taking over? So very much of that approach. Um, And yeah, so on the the medical side, I'd be very interested. uh, I'm working with the... Reiki Federation at the moment and we're actually bringing it into Hollis Street so the National Maternity Hospital it's a pilot, pilot scheme at the moment and Reiki is being brought into patients which is a lovely a lovely little snapshot of what is starting to change in Ireland which I love so that it's being embraced a little bit more by the medical community and there's an open dialogue and we're kind of helping each other it's very much on the voluntary basis mm. and it's a kind of a it's a new scheme to eventually, you know, hopefully bring it a little bit more mainstream into hospitals. Um, so I love the way it's going and the openness and crossing that divide between medical and, yes. you know, the energetic world. Yes, complementing is right. New Earth Energy Healing is the name of the business. If you Google it there, you'll find out all the information uh, about uh, Sharon. Thank you so much for joining me. I wish you well with all you do in the new year. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Sharon Murphy there, based in County Meath, and helping a lot of people for sure. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. The darts final, Louise, is tonight. The world darts final is tonight. It's the final of the Lukes. Luke versus Luke. (laughs) Luke Littler versus Luke Humphreys. You do know you've been keeping in touch with mm. the young fella won again last night. I haven't seen him play, but I've been reading about him. So apparently he got up at 12 today and had a pizza. Oh, and that was the start of his preparations <laughs> for the, the he, big match. He has a he has an eating regime that prepares him. You're right. Mm. The pizza. Full of carbs, I'd imagine. Yeah. And, and he has uh, what do we call it as well? He has the um, uh, kebabs. 
Oh, he, he okay. gets a couple of kebabs. I think it's after he plays or something like that. But by God, has that young Flair and I at 16 years of age. Luke Humphreys now, the fellow he's playing tonight, is number one in the world. He mm-hmm. just moved to number one in the world last night. He's a very good player, Luke Humphreys. He what? really is. Well, what do you think? I don't follow Darth, but you do. Yeah. So what do you think? What's your instinct? I think the young, it's going to be a battle tonight. I think if, if Humphreys plays the way he played in the last couple of games... Oh, mm. he's finding the doubles and trebles and finishes, etc. Uh, he certainly is. And last night, at times, the young lad was put up to him for a little bit during the match. Not so much. But this fella could certainly put it up to him tonight, Humphreys. He certainly could. I think, though, the momentum is behind the young fella. Yeah, but he's only 16. Of course it is. Yeah, I think it's behind. He's won. He, he's guaranteed over £200,000 already. Anyway. He'll win half a million if he wins the title And he'll tonight, get so huge he business out of this, endorsements yeah, and everything, I'm yeah. sure. And there's loads, you know what, there's loads of youngsters watching it now mm-hmm. uh, with him being so young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he'd be the youngest ever by a mile to win a world title. But mm-hmm. uh, oh, he's... It, just... It's a game that's becoming very popular among young Kids, oh, yeah. darts, well, you see, it? you see, I remember years ago. Do you ever remember? We used to, we got a dartboard years ago when we were growing up from Santee. Yeah, and did did your mother give out there was holes in the yeah, doors and there was holes in everything. And... <laughs> <laughs> darts got stuck in people's heads and everything. No. Oh gee, yeah. Listen, when we, when we were growing up, you see, dartboards were a great thing. Table tennis sets for your table in the house. Oh yeah. You know, you put the net yeah. up. We got one last year, and he was having great fun out of, and the kids with it as well. Uh, the table tennis net. That was another one. Mm. Uh, table football. Blow football. Oh, yeah, Did you ever yeah. play blow football? No. With the straws. Sabutio, <laughs> I think, is the one oh, you were... Oh, excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. That was that was exquisite. Blow football was your job. <laughs> you had straws. What's that? A pee in a straw? <laughs> yeah, you had a straw and a little ball and two go... <laughs> and you played blow football. We, oh, we, we were sophisticated people. We were. Mm. But the darts could go... Never come to thumbs. <laughs> no. Listen, somebody went home with the, with, with the football table. I'm <laughs> taking it home. <laughs> was that you? I'm taking the table at home. Is that you? No, for God's sake. I hadn't. I had to play with others. So we wouldn't have the money to have a blow football game. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, tonight the World Darts Final. Good luck to the two Lukes. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, heading towards top of the hour at three with news, weather and sport on the way in the company of the Human League. Don't you want me? The two Lukes want me. The World Darts title is what they both want this evening at Ali Pali. I'll be glued. Seven is the... Lucky number or the key number. First to read seven wins tonight. Really, really looking forward to it. Here we are, a cracker on late lunch, going back in time from the Human League. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. My Artist of the Week this week is Mr. Ian Jury of Ian Jury and the Blockheads fame. And I was telling you yesterday... Uh, he wasn't really musically inclined early in his life, but he moved in there through the arts and he uh, started a band called Kilburn and the High Roads. And they garnered uh, a big following on the London pub rock circuit. Uh, they cut two albums when they signed with Dawn Records and they supported The Who at a number of gigs. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough and the band disbanded in 1975. It would be two more years in 1977 before Jury re-emerged as a solo artist with the single Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. I remember it well. It was banned by the BBC. Oh, my God, when you think of it. Yes, it was indeed. And what goes now in the world? They wouldn't play it. However, it was named Single of the Week by the New Musical Express and the album on which it featured uh, was called New Boots and Panties and it achieved platinum status sales because of the there's no such thing is there as adverse publicity and with new wave music in the ascendancy Ian Jury fronted the Blockheads and in late 77 became formally known as Ian Jury and the Blockheads and with the release of today's song I'm featuring in 1978 they scored a UK top 10 hit. Yes, it's a song about being in a job that makes you happy. It's Mr. Ian Jury, and what a waste. I could be a poet, I wouldn't need to worry I could 
classroom full of scholars. I could be the sergeant in a squadron full of wellers. What a waste. What a waste. What a waste. Ian Jury and the Blockheads, my featured artist of the week, Mr. Ian Jury, this week. And we'll continue a story with another tune and some more about him tomorrow. Round about this time on your late lunch. Final break of this Wednesday afternoon. And uh, we round off the show today with a chat about Bohemian Community Centre. Stephen Ball is on the line. Bohemian Community Centre in need of a revamp, Stephen. Yes, indeed, Jerry, and Happy New Year to you and the crew. The community centre in Bohemian was up first opened in 1984, and on the 40th anniversary this year, we'd like to give it more than a lick of uh, paint. We're hoping to refurbish it, starting with the very uh, front wall and uh, walking towards the back wall. We're launching a new draw <clears throat> in two weeks' time for €10 Euros a month. Uh, you can win €1,000 Euros on the 16th of every month, starting on January the 16th. So uh, we're looking for support from the community and we dropped a thousand flyers and all the local houses. So, you know, I, I think people will get behind it because they all feel they own part of a brick in the, in the old building. So hopefully they will come out and support us. I'm sure they will. 40 years on the go. And these halls, the reason I'm talking to you is they're so important, aren't they, at the heart of a, a local community? Well, uh, your local community centre is a little niche in the, in the area where <clears throat> every age of person from the young and the mature can take part in different events, whether it's kids' events or it's, uh, local bowling clubs or karate. There's loads of events that take place in the community centre. It's a place where every age can interlink together on a social occasion, you know. Mm. And, and uh, for, <laughs> for the centre itself, 40 years it's been on the go. Is there a story about the bar? Was there a bar in it or do you want rid of the bar in it? Or what's the story around that? Well, there's a very famous bar in the front room. It doesn't be used too often. I think it came out of Baron O'Reilly's pub in Avon. It could be going up for auction as a as a memento of a historical pub in town, but it doesn't be used as a bar only once a year for putting the pint sitting on at the senior citizens' party. But that room, known as the bar room, is going to be revamped into a more modern room, warmer and cosier, with a screens on the wall for lecture and talks, and maybe a movie at night tomorrow and a facility where you can make a cup of tea at short nose and bring in a few people have a chat on a social occasion even in the morning time during for retired people yes so the the bar is on its way are you going to auction it are you saying today on the public airwaves it's for auction well uh, I might not have permission to say that but it, it's up for grabs at the moment it's a very historical piece of furniture it's probably it's probably made a solid teak that yes. grew for hundreds of years and it's a very impressive piece of work the bar carved from uh, some carpenter's hands a long time ago but now it resides in the community centre but maybe for not much longer but that's why we're, we're seeking support to reform this room and get people out in the depths of winter in a nice cosy little room and with friends maybe three fifteen game of cards uh, a couple of nights a week yeah occasions like that small events but important yes. yeah and, and uh, best offer to Stephen or any committee member secures and it's more money into the fund for the Bohemian Community Hall uh, re- revamp <laughs> but sorry absolutely, Stephen Jerry, uh, I, I, know, I know I put you on the spot this afternoon anyway coming back to the to the draw itself the first draw is the 16th of January uh, it's a tenner uh, to enter is it a tenner a month? 10 euros a month and it's the price of a cup of coffee once a week probably less than the price of a cup of a coffee and uh, you know it, it's something local and it's very yeah. passionate for local people they all pray by this community centre and it's their community centre owned by the people and run by the people and you know it's been there 40 years and as I say it needs more than a lick of paint and you know, we have to get up off our backside like the way it was built years ago and drive it forward. People talk about grants, there may be an opportunity to get grants, but at the moment we have to move forward and start with our own little bit of effort to get it going, get it refurbished and make it the heart and soul of the community once again. Yeah, so if you're not, if you're from Bohemia and you're listening outside the area today, you'd like to help along, how do you sign up? Well, it's on Bohemian Community Centre Facebook page. The right. link is there, and uh, it can be uh, with the thousand flyers floating around in all the different houses. But uh, uh, we, we can reach people as far as Australia with the link on Facebook there on our Facebook page. So it's out there; it's, uh, people can connect with it. I'd say for ten euros a month, you have a chance of winning one thousand euros on the sixteenth of every month. And the first draw is on Tuesday, the sixteenth of January, in the community centre at seven pm. And we're inviting the whole parish to come along for a cup of tea and a biscuit on the night to see who will be the first winner of this draw and uh, you know we're getting huge uh, support at the moment so really thanks to all the people both far and wide you know yeah Stephen you're great good luck to you with the draw thank you for joining me today
Thanks very much, Jerry, and a happy New Year to everybody. Many happy returns to you and everybody in Bohermine. Well worth supporting there. Bohermine Community Centre. They're on uh, online there on Facebook. And if you want to email them, bohermeencommunitycentre at gmail.com gets them with the draw there. Great to see the heart of the community, the community centre there, being revamped and a new generation making sure that happens for the generations of the future. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. We'll be back with Thursday's late lunch from 1.30. But we leave you today in the company of Mr. Keen to Crow and Heaven. I absolutely adore this song. It's one of the great songs of 2023 that'll carry on into the new year as well. Have a nice evening. Stay with us here. Eddie's on the way. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at lunchtime on your late lunch. When I was four, I fell off my bike, but you told me I'd be. When I was five, you were by my side When mama was far away And when I was ten, you were my best friend When no one else came to play If anyone hits you, you hit back harder That's what you'd Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.